This is Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of uh, speaking with uh, actually one of our fellows at the MD Anderson uh, Cancer Center in the Department of Gynecologic Oncology and Reproductive Medicine, uh, Dr. Joe Dottino. And uh, Joe has uh, evaluated and studied a, a really important concept and um, uh, a principle of the patient's perspective on uh, recent inpatient hospital care. And obviously, this is, a, this is a very relevant topic because certainly we uh, are learning a tremendous amount of information uh, based on, on the patient's perspective of our care. Um, he recently published a, uh, an article in Gynecologic Oncology uh, titled uh, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services Hospital Consumer Assessment of Healthcare Providers and System, HCAP score, and gynecologic oncology surgical outcomes. So, Joe, welcome and thank you. Thank you so much for having me on this. This is a, a real honor. I really appreciate it. Great. So, Joe, tell us um, a little bit about what is the Hospital Consumer Assessment of Healthcare Providers and System, or HCAPS? Yes. Uh, so, HCAPS, there are some people who may be familiar with it, others who are not. It's it's the real uh, it's done by CMS, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. It's the first national and publicly reported survey that measures patients' perspectives of their own inpatient uh, hospital care. Um, so it's sent out uh, to uh, the participating hospitals for medical patients, surgical patients, maternity patients, so obstetric patients, and it asks them about different aspects of their care. So how well do doctors and nurses communicate? How responsive is the staff to their needs? Um, how well are they communicated about new medications, discharge, is their room clean, is their room quiet, and kind of it gets the patient's sense of what was their overall rating of their experience and would they recommend this hospital to their family uh, or their friends. And Joe, how many, how many hospitals uh, generally participate in this system in the United States? And also, what are the criteria for participation? Is any hospital able to participate? So according to CMS, there are approximately 4,000 hospitals across the United States that participate in uh, the HCAP survey and the public reporting part of it, which translates to, on average, more than 8,000 patients completing this survey every day. Um, so there's a lot of data being generated. Yes, yeah, so that's obviously quite remarkable and, and a tremendous uh, resource of, of information. Um, now, with this much data and with this much information, um, is this a system that one can potentially use to measure and evaluate clinical outcomes? Because I know, obviously, that's, that's one tendency of, 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 of research. And also, can we really start looking at this data to evaluate the quality of the medical care and the surgical care? Yeah, so that, that was part of the impetus for why I, you know, we started looking at, at the HCAP survey, why we started uh, asking this question is really, is there any relationship between the patient experience as measured by this huge national survey and what are the actual clinical outcomes? And I think it's really important for us to, to kind of emphasize and say that the HCAPS was not designed to capture, nor does it directly measure any clinical outcomes, quality of care measures, or any surgical outcomes. It's really not supposed to measure that. Um, it's really only supposed to measure the inpatient experience. Um, but uh, I think the, and we'll talk about this uh, with the study, is is there any association with how the patients experience their hospital care and those outcomes? Well, you know, I think um, well, we can talk about that. Yes, yeah, so I think it's really important that, that you highlighted 
uh, again, that this is not um, a, a source of information for evaluation of, uh, of actual surgical care, but more so patient experience, uh, uh, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah. So obviously you uh, you did a recent study, and, and it's a very interesting study. I encourage all to read it. Um, but tell us the, the, the rationale for the study. I mean, wh why did you do it? What was your primary question? Yeah. So I was really interested in the idea of all this data is being collected um, at, at, at this really um, uh, kind of meticulous, really rigorous level, and it's being made publicly available to the average patient. So the patient can use this information to say, comparing hospital A or hospital B, what are the patient experience scores? And they may be able to make a healthcare decision based on this information. And so um, we were asking that even though we know this survey doesn't measure quality of care, if patients could potentially use this information to decide between two hospitals, you know, is there any association between kind of actual outcomes? Now, other people have looked at this question for medical patients, general surgery patients, but this hasn't yet been looked at in our specific patient population, gynecologic oncology patients, and we really wanted to ask that question. Um, you know, I think the other thing that was in the back of my mind uh, was really establishing that there wasn't a negative association. So you can imagine a situation where hospitals can be catering to get higher HCAP scores, but that may prioritize patient experience, um, however that's defined, over other aspects of clinical care. So we really wanted to make sure that we weren't seeing a negative effect. So that's very interesting. Uh, you mentioned that this is actual information that patients can view and have access to. And is, is this something that it's available to patients with gynecological cancers today? Yeah. So, I, And I would encourage everybody to kind of um, take a look at medicare.gov slash hospital compare. You can, anybody can do this. Go on that website and uh, compare different hospitals and look at the different patient experience scores. Now, you know, you had um, alluded to which hospitals participate. There are some hospitals that um, uh, may not participate in the system because of the way that reimbursement works out through the uh, CMS uh, government system. Um, but you'll find that there are many, many hospitals that you could look at. And it's kind of an interesting exercise to see how different hospitals score in the system. And now, in your evaluation in this study, you, you considered post-op mortality. You considered inpatient post-operative complications, and, and also length of stay. Um, why did you select these as parameters of, of interest for your study? Yeah, um, so what we really wanted to, to measure were outcomes that were measurable and meaningful. So we wanted to be able to say, um, what can we really get a good sense of what's going on during their inpatient stay that we could kind of reliably capture? At the same time, we wanted to um, be able to have something that would be important and um, translatable to the average patient. So I think it's patients understand complications. They understand if I have to stay in the hospital longer than my peers, if I have an inpatient uh, mortality. These are things that I think patients care about when we're talking about clinical outcomes. Uh, we were also kind of um, using the databases that we use, and we can talk about that. These were kind of things that were able to be uh, captured uh, in a really uh, reliable way. Now, um very robust uh, section on materials and methods. Um, if you can tell us a little bit about the methodology uh, of your study, and uh, there, there was quite an extensive criteria for inclusion, would you share those with us? Yeah, so the, the kind of thousand-foot view is we wanted to use this data that was publicly available to all patients, this um, hospital-compared database that's on the CMS website, and we wanted to take those hospitals, split them into hospitals that perform the best, uh, the middle group, and then those that perform the lowest. And then 
using that that kind of split into those three different groups, we linked this data to another uh, government-run uh, national inpatient sample uh, database where we could then ask about the outcomes for gynecologic cancer surgery patients. So we had to look at specifically um, those that had a gynecologic cancer diagnosis, so ovarian cancer, cervical cancer, endometrial cancer, but also who were admitted for a cancer-specific surgery. So um, hysterectomies, debulking surgeries, um, radical hysterectomies, uh, things that, um, so we had a reliable sense that they were being admitted for that specific cancer surgery. And then through linking those two databases, we could start to look at what are the outcomes for those surgical patients while they're in the hospital, and how did those differ between those three groups, the top performers, the middle performers, and the bottom performers. So now, obviously, we want to we wanna learn the, the, the meat of it. What, what did you find? What were the findings? So uh, after adjusting for um, numerous hospital and patient characteristics, um, you know, looking at things like how sick the patients were, the hospital size, and so forth, we, we found an association between uh, some hospital-level HCAP survey results and some in-hospital outcomes for these gynecologic oncology surgical admissions. So namely, those patients that were treated in the highest-scoring hospitals uh, there was a lower likelihood of post-operative inpatient mortality and a lower likelihood of surgical complications. So it looked like there was something of a, um, a protection against these adverse outcomes, whether it's a surgical complication or inpatient mortality, for those patients who were treated at the hospitals that had the highest HCAP survey results. Um, now, when we started talking about lo or looking at complications, we had to kind of group, you can think about there's hundreds of different potential complications. We grouped complications by kind of broad categories to better kind of measure them. So when I talk about surgical complications, I'm talking about intraoperative injuries, so nerve um, or vascular injury, wound complications, the need for reoperation, bleeding complications or post-op GI complications, these kind of things, we found that there might be a difference. Now, importantly, we did not see an association with some of the other measured complications that we looked at, like medical complications um, or uh, care-associated complications uh, or length of stay when we looked at HCAP scores. So it's very interesting that there was a correlation between the HCAP scores and, and, and in fact, some, some clinical outcomes, so uh, very important information for, for patients. Um, I'm actually also interested in how your outcomes differed among different types of gynecological cancers, um, and I think you mentioned particularly endometrial cancer. Uh, can you speak to, to that finding? Yeah, um, so we did stratify by disease, disease site, um, and um, after doing that stratification, the only outcomes that remained significantly associated with the HCAP scores were length of stay and then some of these care team complications, uh, and that was in the endometrial cancer cohort. The other associations for ovarian and cervical cancer kind of dropped out. Um, and, you know, the endometrial cancer group is a is a kind of unique group in this set. I mean, a, these days a lot of uh, procedures are being performed outpatient, so we do tend to find that those that may have a longer length of stay um, may have had some kind of complication. Um, and there is uh, some other literature, a group from Mayo recently published that uh, specifically looking at open versus minimally invasive endometrial cancer patients, found that patients who underwent an open approach actually gave lower HCAPS ratings. Um, in our study, we weren't really looking at, um, we, we were looking more at the hospital level HCAP scores, not individual patients, and we did try to control for minimally invasive surgery versus open. Uh, so we, I don't know if we can necessarily draw the same conclusions, but I think it is interesting that that was the one group where we saw um, specifically things like um, uh, some of these outcomes were, were different in that group. Very interesting. And, um, you know, you, you had some points uh, regarding 
responsiveness of the staff and explanation of medications and the relationship to, to patient outcomes. And this is quite, quite interesting. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I, I, this to me was the most interesting finding of our study. Um, the, when, whenever we're talking about these associations, obviously we, we, it, you can't as, uh, ascribe a causation to this, uh, namely that it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, being treated at this hospital that has a higher HCAP score is going to give you better outcomes. But there are some things that the HCAP survey measures that you couldn't see or you could imagine would be related to care, namely things like communication from your providers, talking about responsiveness of staff. These are things that it's, it's within reason to think that if you can find a hospital that does these things well, there may be some translation into clinical care. And so, and, and we did find that that, that that was the case, that these, these hospitals that scored better in those specific measures did have some better outcomes in our specific patients. Um, and I think that um, that's something that I think really needs to be uh, explored more. Because if you can have an intervention that um, both increases the patient experience in terms of how we're talking to patients, how we're educating patients, and it translates to better outcomes on the uh, clinical side, I think that's a, that's a real uh, opportunity. Yeah, it's a very impacting message uh, to, to hospital systems and, and providers. Um, now, Joe, what, what would you say were the limitations of, of this study? Yeah, I, I think one of the uh, things that um, I was really interested in is, is um, you know, what do patients care about when they think about um, their cancer care? And what are we trying to measure in terms of uh, the, those things, right? So I think while we were able to capture some of the immediate surgical complications or immediate surgical outcomes, the things that I wanted to capture that we couldn't just based on the databases that we use were things like, well, what about survival? What about time to chemotherapy? What about debulking status? You know, some of these more oncologic specific questions that um, I really wanted to ask that at least for, for this study, we were a little bit limited by kind of the databases we used. And now, um, now concluding with regards to what do we do with this data? Having completed this very interesting study, uh, what do we make of all this information? How should this impact or change clinical practice? Yeah. Um, well, I think the, the first thing is I, I do want to emphasize, you know, again, the HCAP survey is not meant to capture uh, clinical outcomes. But this information is being collected. It's available to patients. And potentially patients could use this to make a healthcare decision. And so I think having an awareness of that on a provider level, which I, th I think a lot of uh, U.S. providers are, are, they know about HCAPs, they know about their own uh, kind of CAP score when it comes to the individual provider level. I think having that awareness is important. Um, in terms of what we should do or how this would change clinical practice, I think we have to think about what information we're giving to patients about the kind of care we're providing. And we should be empowered as providers to say, well, you know, maybe we should be capturing other aspects of cancer care and making that available to patients. And we should always strive to improve those, those kind of outcomes that, that, um, that we're, uh, we think patients care about. Well, Joe, thank you so much for, for your time, and uh, I know it's very valuable, so certainly we want to let you get back to your clinical responsibilities as, as a fellow. Any closing remarks you want to make? We should always be aware of kind of the patient experience goes beyond, um, it, it, there's so many things that go into the patient experience, and um, the HCAPS does a good job of starting to capture those things, but I think it's it's easy to sometimes think about you know, we do our surgery, we make sure patients get the medicines they need, their pain is well controlled, they get out of the hospital in a timely way, but there are so many different things that the patients experience in the hospital 
and can affect how they that experience um, how that experience plays out. And I think thinking about um, you know communicating with the patient in a clear way, thinking about are we providing a good care environment for them? Just kind of taking a step back and, and really thinking about the patient experience is, is something that, that um, it's, it's unfortunately given, you know, kind of the daily uh, needs of, of uh, trying to provide for these patients. Sometimes they could unfortunately take a back seat. Well, Joe, thank you very much. This really has been a, a great opportunity, a learning experience. I congratulate you on your work and, and congratulations on your leadership. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm going to go round now.